Welcome to the Good Christophian Talks podcast. I'm Levi. And I'm Chris. Thank you so much for joining us this week. On this podcast, we select one talk a week to help each one of us get the Bible in our daily newsfeed. We post at the start of each week for you to listen with a short intro beforehand to kind of set the stage for the talk you're about to hear. And now, let's hear more about this week's talk. Thank you for joining us for another talk. This week, we're listening to an exhortation that was given by Brother Max Wickham from the San Diego Ecclesia in California. His exhortation was given back in March at the Verdugo Hills Ecclesia, sorry, going back to that well, that I remember hearing in person and really enjoyed his approach to this exhortation. He's taking his exhortation from Psalm 119, which is the longest book in the Bible, and he even makes a joke at the beginning that he was going to go verse by verse for his entire exhortation and to buckle in because it was going to be a, a little bit of a longer talk. But he ends up deciding not to do that. And rather than going and looking at one specific section, because Psalm 119 is broken up into kind of little stanzas as it's written, Brother Max instead sort of looks at the entire psalm as a whole, picking out little themes throughout it, and uses that to, to build a really interesting look at the way that the chapter works and some lessons that he pulls out for us. He had a really neat point when it came to talk about spiritual food versus physical food near the end. If you're anything like me, you enjoy really good food. But eventually, unfortunately, no matter how long you take, eventually you get full and you can no longer eat the good food that you're sitting down to eat. Brother Mac makes a really good point that the opposite happens when you're dealing with spiritual food, that when you're doing a personal study, not a study that's driven by a, by a talk or by class, but just digging into the word, just to edify yourself, that the opposite happens. You end up becoming more hungry. You end up becoming hungrier to dig into the Word as you learn. I remember when I heard this exhortation in person, I really, really enjoyed it. I wanted to make sure to share it with everybody, so I put it onto the list. As Levi mentioned in his intro last week, there's also been a lot of new podcasts from Christadelphians that have been popping up. Uh, In addition to ours, there's also the extended talks that we do, which there are some more classes that were just uploaded earlier this week. Uh, There's also the Pause to Consider podcast by Brother Sam Taylor. There's the Essential Bible Studies that Tim Young is doing, which is a great way to share your faith with people that are interested in learning more about the gospel. There's also a new podcast that was started down in Australia called New Every Morning, which has been really great to listen to. Uh, If you know of any other podcasts that we're missing, feel free to send it our way. I'd love to give them a shout out to make sure that we're sharing and everybody's learning as much about all the different podcasts that are out there as people seem to really be enjoying this medium. Also, if you're like me and you're sitting in your meeting and you hear an exhortation that's really, really good, uh, feel free to send it our way if you know that it's being recorded and the brother's okay with it being published on the podcast. Lots of ecclesias record their exhortations for people that aren't able to come in or or for other reasons, people that are in isolation so they have a talk to listen to. But if you happen to know of one particular week where there's a really fantastic exhortation, we're using those as well as as Bible talks, uh, send them our way, give us the link to it. Um, if there's any tricks or anything to, to find it in your Ecclesia's website, send that to us as well. We would love to, to have everybody participate in kind of being uh, Ecclesial scouts and finding any talks or exhortations that are out there that are that are really good that uh, we would like to share with, with everybody. As always, continue to send in your other suggestions as well or talks that you've listened to. They're always appreciated. We recently got more suggestions from people that we've added and are going to start listening to and are excited to be able to to share them with you. As always, thank you for listening and for all the support in the comments. 
And with that, we'll turn it over to our brother Max for his exhortation on Psalm 119. The exhortation is going to be out of uh, Psalm 119, and there's a number of ways that I'm sure that that could be approached. One way might be just spend, you know, start in verse 1 and go through uh, a verse at a time, maybe spend a minute or two on each. So let's see, how many verses are there? Uh, so we decide not to do that. And actually, when I first saw this great reading, I thought, I'm going to do the whole exhortation from these 40 verses. Um, but then as I read through the psalm uh, several times, I thought, man, there's some, there's some great verses, 1 through 40. And then much later, I thought, can I really stay out of the last half totally? But it's not going to be verse by verse. And um, mostly it will be from the first 80 verses of, of this chapter, picking and choosing uh, according to subject. This study, like any Bible study I've ever done, there's the early days, uh, early impressions, and then later on. And when I first started going through this, uh, the first thing I noticed was that it does not state who wrote these words, who the psalmist was. But when I was reading it and rereading it, I thought, it really sounds like David. And later when I was looking at some commentaries, it seems most people believe it was David. The other thing that we can't miss in this is the alpha layout. And little groups of verses, letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Very unusual and hard to miss. But if there's one thing you can't miss about Psalm 119, what would that be? The Word of God? It is said that the Word of God is mentioned one way or another in every single verse. And that may be. Of course, the verses were added much later. But that shows you how prominent it is. And it's also got a great variety of terms for the Word of God. These are out of just the first eight verses. The law, the testimony, the precepts, the statutes, the commandments, and the judgments. There are others later on, but that's just the first eight verses. As I continued looking through this psalm, I realized that this is an intensely personal psalm, except the first four verses. We're going to read the first four. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. So what do we have? We have blessed are they. Uh, they do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us. Not personal at all. But from the beginning of verse 5 through 
176, the rest of the psalm, is entirely personal. How personal is it? Well, <clears throat> when you look at me, my, I, and mine, in the first 80 verses, I counted 133. That's pretty personal. That's, that's amazing. And, you know, we might have the feeling that, that it's a self-centered sort of psalm. But it isn't. It is centered on the Word of God and upon the Lord. Because when you count up, on the other hand, When you count up also how many times the Lord and his word come up, it's even more prominent. I counted up about the same, except that many times the word of the Lord is implied. Like in verse 17, deal bountifully with thy servant. The Lord, deal bountifully. Verse 27. Implied is, Lord, make me understand the way. Verse 29, implied is, Lord, remove from me the way of lying. It's kind of like when my mom would say to me, take out the trash now. I understood that there was a you implied, even though it wasn't stated. I look at the first four verses as being the ideal because the first four verses talk about those who are undefiled, who walk in the way. They keep his testimonies with the whole heart. They do no sin. And they are diligent. So I say that is the ideal. But then the psalmist, when he gets personal, the first thing that he says is, Oh, that. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways were like that. If they were, verse 6, then I wouldn't be ashamed. And I will praise you, verse 7, when I have learned. And verse 8. And I will keep your statutes but forsake me not utterly. And so the psalmist, he starts with the ideal, and we would all agree with that ideal. We would agree. We ought to walk in the ways of the Lord. We ought to not sin. We ought to be 100% all in, wholehearted. But we would also say with the psalmist, oh, that. Oh, that that was always the case. Oh, that that, oh, that those words represented my life. But we would also say with him, and that's one of the reasons we're here this morning, we would say, don't forsake me. Bear with me. Forgive me. Teach me. So much of this psalm is about 
the psalmist saying, improve me, help me. I need it. I know. I know I lack. In fact, in fact, the last verse of the psalm says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. And I believe that's us this morning. We have all, one way or another, wandered astray. One extent or another. But we haven't forgotten him. We haven't forgotten his word. If we had, we wouldn't be here. But we are looking for mercy and grace, as our presiding brother was saying, Brother Christian. The feeling I get about the psalmist's attitude towards the word is that he is hungry for more. He has a close relationship with God. He wants more. He walks with God. He wants better. He wants less sin, less distraction. He talks about God turning his feet because they're not always walking in the way, but he would like to. And I think that that is the way we are. We would like to be. And I think the psalmist indicates the way we get there is through his word and through the Lord God himself who will help us. You know, in my experience, what what has given me that kind of hunger for the word of God, it's typically when I'm doing a personal study. One of the brothers down in our home, Ecclesia, last Thanksgiving, we were just chatting, and he said to me, um, what kind of a personal study are you doing right now, uh, Mac? And I said, none. And, um, of course, I have in the past. And I just realized, you know, here I am retired. I have the time. and." Uh, Within a day or two, I started a personal study, which I've now concluded, and I'm on a, I'm on another one. But my experience is, when I'm in a study like that, which is not for a class, not for a lecture, not to present, just to absorb, just to enjoy, just to devour the Word of God, like the psalmist is, it makes me hungry for more. It's just the opposite of food. You know, the more we eat natural food, then the less we want, unless it's, say, chips or chocolate. But with the Word of God, the more we get, the more we want. Don't you find that? And if we drift away from reading the Word, it doesn't naturally make us hungry for it. Because the spiritual things just don't come naturally to us. And when I read of the psalmist, maybe David, the number one impression I get of him is that he understands he is very much a work in progress. He's an unfinished piece. God is working with him. God's word is working upon him. 
but he's far from finished. I won't read these verses, but I'll just read you some verses and what he says. Verse 18, he says, open my eyes. Verse 27, make me understand. Verse 33, teach me. Verse 36, incline my heart. Verse 80, give me a sound heart, and so many more. But then he comes back and says, if you do that for me, if you help me in those ways, verse 42, then I will know how to answer. Verse 46, then I will speak of your word. Verse 62, I will rise in the night and thank you. Verse 44, I will keep your law forever. So that's very much, as I see it, the pattern of this psalm. The psalmist is saying, help me, teach me, improve me, and when you do, I will be a better man. I will be more like you want me, and more like I want me. Well, Brother Christian emphasized God's mercy, and the psalmist is very aware of that and its availability. He says in verse 64, The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. And verse 76 and 77, Let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word. Verse 77, Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. So he totally understands that. The very last thing that is said is very similar to what he says in verse 5. We read that, but I'm going to read it again. 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. What does that remind you of? I mean, it reminds me of the Lord Jesus. He says, I'm the good shepherd. And he tells parables about lost sheep, doesn't he? And what does he do? Well, he goes out, and he looks for them, he finds them, and he brings them back. And that's exactly what the psalmist is praying will happen. He says, multiple times, do not forsake me. And in the New Testament, the Lord says, I will never forsake or leave you. Never. And this is the assurance that I think the psalmist realizes. He has not forgotten God, and God is not going to forget him. He is going to continue to work with him, and he is going to grant him mercy. What is it that the psalmist saw in the law? and in the precepts, and in the testimonies that he wrote all of these words about it. I think he must have seen what the Lord Jesus says that the law is essentially about. And I know you know this. He says two things, right? Number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and all your soul and all your mind. And the second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. So David sees if it's David or whatever whatever psalmist it is, sees that it's not just a group of you cannot do's. It is a law pointing us to God and pointing us toward others. Well, this morning, we come now to the table. And I love that uh, hymn that we played just before about helping each other, walking uh, together, and letting others help us, which can be hard for some of us. This morning, we could have stayed home. We could have broken bread at home. I've done it, especially when I'm sick. But we've come together because we are companions. I love this verse 63 of this psalm. He says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee, of them that keep thy precepts. So we share many things, don't we, brethren? And one of them is we are companions on the way. We are brothers and sisters. We love the Lord's word. We don't always keep it. We would like to. And we say with the psalmist, don't give up on me. And we know, as the Lord said, I would never leave or forsake you. And so that's our hope and our understanding this morning. And as much as the psalmist understood and loved the word of God, he didn't have all the advantages that we do. That is brought home by what John says. John says, The Word was made flesh. Well, 19 is all about the Word. But John says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. Please subscribe for new episodes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever service you are listening from to help people find the show when they search for it. If you enjoyed this talk, share it on social media so other people can find it too. For show notes and links to the talk that you just listened to, visit our show page at anchor.fm slash gct. We want to encourage everyone to share their thoughts from the talk this week on Facebook or Instagram, where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks or on Twitter, where we are at GCT underscore podcast. If you know of a great talk, we want to know about it too. Send a suggestion to goodchristadelphiantalks at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media platforms. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.